Welcome to Future Extraordinaire. I'm Amit Mira, President of Asia Pacific and Japan and Global Digital Cities with Dell Technologies. And I'm Daniel Margie, VP of Presales, also with Dell Technologies. We are optimists, we love technology, and we believe future is amazing. We are helping to uncover the opportunities and possibilities, the skill and talent that are needed, and the progress that we can drive with the technology, data, and the indomitable human spirit. And with industry leaders, subject matter experts, and influencers joining us as guests, we will deep dive into the latest, coolest technologies, discuss new realities, the impact on Asia-Pacific region, and provide refreshing perspectives. We want a future that is full of hope, that is fair and just, a future that is extraordinary. Welcome to another episode of Future Extraordinaire with me, Amit Mira, and my co-host, Daniel Margie. On our show today, we have an entrepreneur, innovator, and educator in artificial intelligence, a pioneer of trusted artificial intelligence for his efforts in building ethical and responsible AI systems. His work as a leading practitioner and investor at the forefront of AI will share his knowledge of how AI represents both a new way of innovating and driving growth and how AI is double-edged sword that requires great care to manage potentially large business risk and reputational damage. We, are, we have a guest today, Manoj Saxena. He is now the executive chairman at Responsible AI Institute, a nonprofit that focuses on advancing human-centric responsible AI. Ray works with public and private sectors, certifying their AI systems. He believes that AI is not a 50-year trend, it's a 500-year trend. And in the future, the world is going to become our browser. We will become the cursor. So more on that, let's hear from Manoj Saxena. Danny and I are thrilled to have you with us today on today's podcast, Manoj. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Amit. And thank you, Danny. And it's a real privilege to uh, join you on this podcast. Very much looking forward to a lively conversation. So, Manoj, let's uh, let's kick it off by just having you share a little bit about yourself and multiple hats you wear and the responsibility you hold so our, our listeners can get a get a view from your perspective, how it, how you see the world and what's the background you have had. Yeah, I think uh, to make it brief, essentially, I consider myself as an educator and investor in trusted machine intelligence. So that's my current focus. I invest in people and companies, and I teach courses uh, like I've been teaching for three years at the University of Texas at Austin, a course on designing responsible and ethical AI systems. So those are primarily my two current passions. And before this, I've had the privilege of building and selling two startups, uh, last of which we sold to IBM. And then I had the honor of being IBM's first general manager for their Watson program. And frankly, my journey towards responsible AI started when I was given the keys to IBM Watson by the board and said, go commercialize it. And that's when all these issues about how do I trust Watson? How do I trust artificial intelligence? is sort of what put me on the path. And what I'm doing today with this nonprofit, uh, Amit, I consider this to be the most important thing I've ever done in my life. And we'll, we'll get into that uh, in a few as to why. No, that's fantastic. And just as a side note, 
Manoj and I kind of worked together. That was odd, 20 odd years ago. Um, he was, I, I, I think at that time, I was part of Dell Ventures and he was uh, one of the Dell Ventures investments. I think Webify Me, that's the company I think you sold to IBM. So congratulations on all your success. And um, uh, sorry to say we lost touch. So I'm glad that we got connected, reconnected with this uh, podcast. And I'm super thrilled to be kind of hearing what you've been up to, but also kind of uh, seeing where this journey might take. So um, so let me ask you this. So after being in this field for over 30 years, and, and how do you find the passion and drive for it? What's, uh, what's the, you said this is the most important um, most important thing that you are are focused on. So tell us a little bit more about what makes you so passionate about it. Well, I think, Amit, you know, the, the fundamental shift to me was I had this almost naive belief till about 10 years ago that technology equals good, that all you have to do is move fast and break break things and innovate with technology and everything else takes care of itself. But um, what that has not been proven to be true, and that was a bit of a utopian view that, uh, unfortunately, many in the tech industry still hold. You know, with uh, as the saying goes, with great power comes great uh, responsibility. I think so is the case with AI and artificial intelligence or any data-powered system. It doesn't have to be machine learning-powered. Any automated decisioning system we make, it's not just about innovating the technology, but frankly, it's designing the technology from a human-in perspective rather than data or machine learning model out perspective. And uh, this hit home for me when I started commercializing Watson and I took Watson on the road tour. And in Washington, D.C., I was talking to about 8,000 people. And there was this person in the audience who uh, put his hand up during the Q&A session and said, oh, so you're applying Watson for cancer diagnosis and treatment. And I said, yes, that's the plan. And he says, so you are building the Obama death panel machine that's going to decide whether my wife, who's got cancer, is going to live or die. And you can't explain why the machine did what it did. That really sort of hit home with me, the, the, the emotion, the intensity, and the impact of what he was talking about. And it got me on the journey that, um, you know, it's incredibly important to make these uh, decisioning systems that are, for the most part, black boxes. We can't see inside the mind of an artificial intelligence algorithm. And these systems have to be made more transparent, more accountable, and more fair and unbiased. So that was the beginning of the journey. And since then, this is about 10 years ago, uh, this topic has become, you know, even more bigger. I mean, Gardner told us that two years in a row, Responsible AI topped the issue of struggles and challenges that companies are having with deploying AI, is how do you make sure it's responsible and ethical? So... That's sort of my journey. You know, um, one of my mentors used to say it's powerful when it's personal. And uh, to me, this is very personal because this is going to impact all aspects of our life. Everything from the news we read to the loan we get to the healthcare we get to the promotion we get at the job or not. And it's incredibly important to make these systems transparent and uh, fair and unbiased. So, so Manoj, that's quite interesting. So, 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 just to make sure I understand this right, so you're saying technology by and large does good, but if you want to make the system foolproof, there's a long journey ahead. Is that, uh, or, or, or instead of foolproof, it, it, it to be inclusive and responsible, there's a long journey ahead. Is that a good summary of uh, our, our our commentary just now? 
Yes, yeah, I think I think there are two parts I will make. One point is that technology needs to be harnessed and designed from a human and societal impact in perspective and not just from a data and model innovation out. Much of today's technology is designed to build the next unicorn, to build the next cool app, and very little of it is designed from a human-centric uh, impact in point of view. That's one point. And second point is we have these exponential technologies like AI. These are systems that learn and get faster at an exponential level. It makes it even more important for us to be able to contain and govern these systems uh, from that perspective. Otherwise, we're going to have massive unintended consequences. There are many folks here on the call who may not be from tech industry. So why don't we start with kind of what's the different type of intelligence and how are they different? Yeah, no, great, great question, Amit. And, uh, you know, the, the, the core difference about artificial intelligence than everything else that came before it is the ability for these systems to learn from patterns. So everything we have built in the information technology industry over the last 100 years or so was rules-based. And rules-based systems are static. You know, you give it a rule and it executes a rule consistently. What we are now talking about are dynamic systems built on data that's changing always and models that's changing always. And artificial intelligence, in essence, is non-biological intelligence. This is intelligence that's learning from patterns, not rules, and it's creating new rules and actions of its own. So, so therein lies the opportunity and the significant danger of letting these systems uh, you know, go in and start operating as a black box. So that's the, that's the big switch, is IT systems that learn and evolve on their own uh, based on how they're reading and understanding the world around them. So, Manoj, this is this is quite interesting for the average listeners out there that may be trying to understand these different types of AI, right? The, some of them are probably sitting there visualizing, you know, the movie iRobot and robots coming chasing Will Smith down. That might be their future. <laughs> Others are yeah. potentially optimistic and and you know using AI today in their everyday lives with you know recommendation engines that are all around them, or whether it's a uh, you know the the movement to uh, semi autonomous vehicles. But I I I think there's a a view that you would probably have around what the the opportunities are around AI for the next decade. And we'd love to get your point of view on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, Danny, to your point, there are primarily three different types of AI systems, you know, automated, augmented, and autonomous. So automated AI systems are systems that can, you know, essentially do whatever the human brain can do within three seconds or less. So read a newspaper, understand an image, understand a video, uh, machine intelligence today can do that far better than a human brain can. So automated intelligence is one part, you know, what's called as robotic process automation. Augmentation, which is the most exciting part, is the middle part of the AI application where AI can serve almost as our Iron Man Jarvis suit, as I call it. So every nurse has the power of 10,000 nurses behind her. Every salesperson has the power of the you know 500 best salespeople that ever worked in Dell guiding her uh, through the sales engagement. So that's augmented intelligence, which is the biggest opportunity. And then the third part is autonomous, which is things like self-driving cars and self-driving drones, self-flying drones. And that's about 10% of the opportunity. And when you start looking at what this means to society, I mean, the Google CEO said it really well. 
you know, he said that AI will have the same impact on humanity that fire and electricity did. And I don't think he's that far off. You know, uh, you know, fire and electricity fundamentally transformed us as a species. And what we are looking with artificial intelligence is technology that's going to amplify our brain. You know, the industrial revolution amplified our muscles. Artificial intelligence is amplifying our brain. So you're able to process a lot more signals, a lot more data from structured and unstructured data and make decisions. So in the case of, um, you know, a, a, one of your regular listeners, AI is already here. It's already surrounding you from the news you listen to every morning or watch on your phone, the movies you watch, the jobs you apply to, the loans you get, to the healthcare that you get, to who you date. All of these things are being driven by algorithms, and uh, and most of them are being powered by machine intelligence. So uh, we are already in a world where we are augmented. I call it, you know, I gave a little TED talk on this a few years ago where I talked about the death of Homo sapiens and the beginning of Homo digitalis. You know, that smartphone, uh, even though it's more of a dumb phone today, but that's really augmenting our brain and connecting into the network. So, you know, we're in a start of a very exciting new species almost. Um, you know, uh, you know, call it the Homo digitalis, if you may. Well, I've just learned something new, Homo digitalis. Uh, I'm going to try and use that with the kids, but it's an interesting <laughs> one. Uh, you know, we, we, we're all coaches, we're all teachers, we're all trying to, you know, help each other in society. What do you think are the real benefits of AI when it comes to human, hu human to human interaction, right? The, the senses that we have, uh, the, the sight, the, 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 the smell, the touch, Right. Uh, all of these things play a part, not only in our work lives, but our, our daily lives. And, and, you know, there's, there's some kind of, I guess, viewpoints that this may have an impact on people management issues. It may, may not. It may in, increase productivity. It may, you know, create other opportunities that we just haven't even seen or recognized yet. So, so how do you see this benefiting society as a whole? Oh, absolutely. I think we can spend a whole session just kind of digging into that. Um, I think at a, at a simplified level, um, AI is going to fundamentally alter how we work, how we learn, how we live, and how we play. Uh, all facets of our life from you know working, learning, living, and playing are going to be changed by AI. And uh, from a societal impact point of view, you know, PwC did a report and uh, the Pricewaterhouse, and they said that uh, they expect the global GDP to be 14% higher by 2030 as a result of AI. And um, so let me kind of take what it means at a you know, work level, and then we'll kind of uh, get into a few others. What it means for businesses is that it's primarily a whole new capability, much like power was or email was, to build new competitive advantage by driving efficiencies in the business processes, and innovating across all the products and customer journeys. And a good parallel to this is 25 years ago when the web came about, um, you know, with HTML, we webified everything. We webified our interactions through a browser. We webified our interactions internally in our HR system where HTML links were used to now drive processes. So just like the web webified the, the business, AI is going to cognitize the business. So AI is going to be woven into every business process. You know, one of the largest banks, the CEO told to me that, um, you know, AI is going to transform banking at a scale larger than spreadsheets did. 
So, so take an example. The way you understand your customer today, the understanding of uh, both, you know, what we call as declared, observed, and inferred behaviors of a customer. We now have massive amounts of signals that we have to ethically source. That's by responsible AI to really get a better fix on that customer 360 view, and then build journeys that are super personalized to a customer. And Dell, you know, has always been a pioneer in this area. So, how do you do hyper personalization? Uh, is going to be fundamentally transformed by AI. Uh, how do you automate, you know, boring business processes like claims processing or account opening? You know, I tell my portfolio CEOs, you know, bo- boring makes billions. There's a lot of boring processes that have been not touched, uh, and we can apply AI to improve the first pass rate in it and a lot more drive efficiencies in these business processes. And then last but not the least, we can build products with intelligence in it that can actually start you know, self-healing products or products that actually can start personalizing again themselves so based on your usage pattern and all. So uh, at a business level, it is uh, the next big frontier for building competitive advantage. Uh, at a government level, this is going to be a platform, and this is another reason I work with a lot of the governments around the world, is this is going to be the way in which the government is going to understand its citizen and distribute the government services, everything from education to social welfare to emergency relief to defense. All aspects of the government's businesses are going to be touched and transformed by AI. And then the last part on how we play the whole metaverse and what we are seeing, the infusion of AR, VR, blockchain, and AI that's going to create a whole different um, set of opportunities and engagement. So that's fascinating. There is like pretty much the whole societal level transformation that is happening. And now I understand why you're so excited about Ray. And just to make sure everyone understands Ray, the organization that Manoj has founded, Responsible AI Institute, RAI, is just pronounced as Ray. So now Ray, um, talking about Ray, it, it measures the transparency and trust of AI system. So let me ask you this. So why do you think it is important for companies to start certifying their internal processes and systems? And to what extent do we need to rely on certification? So, so we have established that AI is super important. It's just transforming. It's going to run with us for a long time. It's already here. Now we're saying is to make sure that we can take advantage of the good that technology brings and AI is that technology, we have to establish transparency and trust. So why, if that's the context, um, you know, why does company needs to start certifying internal processes and systems? Yeah, great, great question. I think so there are two parts to this, Amit. One is the, uh, the opportunity side, other is the risk side. So let me start with the opportunity side. A lot of the leading companies today, primarily in banking and healthcare and technology, realize that AI can be a phenomenal way for them to better understand their customers, better understand their processes, drive you know smarter business processes, and they need to embrace it. But at the same time, what's happening is as people have started you know deploying AI into their systems, the risk and compliance function and the audit function have started coming up and throwing a red flag. And uh, according to one report, eight out of 10 AI systems are being stopped from going into production because of lack of explainability and lack of uh, fairness and inclusion data about it. Uh, Because it's one thing for me as a machine learning engineer to build a business process that engages a customer. It's another thing for the risk and compliance to say, okay, show me how you got the data 
Did you have the rights to the data that you use to personalize that? Are you able to explain that this is not going to violate IFRS 17 regulation around discrimination using certain characteristics? Are you going to explain to a jury five years from now, if you use this system to deny a claim and a patient dies five years from now and you get sued for $40 million, can you explain to the jury why five years ago at Thursday at 4.19 p.m., your AI recommended that you deny the claim? So there is a combination of things going on here, both as an offensive move to be able to build customer trust and customer loyalty by taking the values that a company like Dell has and infusing those values into the machine intelligence. Today, when you take on an organic employee, uh, you train them on Dell's corporate values, you train them on industry laws and regulation. When you take on a chatbot and when you take on a digital employee, how do you infuse corporate values into that? How do you infuse policies and business responsibilities on that? And there is no capability today. And that's why we got into this business. And, and by the way, uh, there are laws now coming up. EU just passed a compliance law for AI that uh, levies fines up to 6% of revenues on companies, 6% of top line, if they do not have responsible and transparent AI systems. So I think it's uh, imperative for businesses to both use it as a way to better manage their business, as well as to reduce the residual risk. Because one of the reasons I'm getting a lot of calls from the boards is boards are worried that the amount of residual risk in a business is growing up because people are deploying these machine learning-based systems and they have no idea uh, what unintended consequences it's built into it. So the whole idea with Responsible AI Institute was twofold. One is that we were seeing this as um, everyone's talking about it, no one's doing anything about it. So five years ago when we started this, we said, let's make a do tank rather than a think tank because everyone's talking about responsible AI, but no one's bringing tools and patterns on how to do it. So one part was uh, build a do tank, not a think tank. And second part was do it as a nonprofit, because if I come to you and Dell and say, hey, let me be the certification company, almost like the underwriter's lab for your toaster, so your toaster doesn't kill you, or like a, or a Moody's or a bond rating company that comes and rates the quality of your bonds, so those were the two parameters, Amit, uh, based on which we felt this was going to be an incredibly important capability for businesses to get value out of AI. If you like what you heard today, tune in for the second part of our conversation with Minaj in our next episode of Future Extraordinaire. Thanks for joining us on Future Extraordinaire. With the community that we're reaching, we hope that together we will build a future that is extraordinary. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends about us. And please stay tuned for our next episode.